I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. J.J. Watt, seriously? We're still talking about J.J. Watt? That's still a thing? Why? Why? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. I do one of these every Monday through Friday, bright and early. If you're into baseball and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Pirates and Penguins. Before I get going today, I'd be remiss if I didn't take just a few seconds to thank everyone who listens to this show who reached out in response to my mother's passing. Um, That meant a lot. It's been a challenging few days, but I'm happy to be back, Uh, happy uh, happy to have a job that I love and that she inspired that uh, is going to allow for some very necessary escapism in the days, weeks, and months, however long it takes uh, to come. But I return, and the same subject that had only begun to take off before my absence has caught even more fire. We're talking about J.J. Watt. Uh, this doesn't make sense to me. This doesn't make any football sense to me. Yes, I could see a situation where if the Steelers had unlimited resources and the NFL didn't have a salary cap, in which case, by the way, your Steelers would be among rock bottom when it comes to payroll. So always be grateful for the salary cap and never complain about it that people are still talking about J.J. coming here and being part of a defense that really doesn't need him. It's cute. It's fun. It might be yet another way tangentially to inspire T.J. to sign a lifetime contract. And, you know, Cam Hayward and Stefan Tuitt were both excellent this past season. They did wear down. Uh, Cam, more than, than Steph, neither of them was particularly effective in the Cleveland playoff game. So you could use another player there. You could use like a Chris Wormley or someone like that that can come in and hold the position down, spell those guys. But that's... That's not a need. That's a want. J.J.'s 32 years old, and I know everybody talks about his history of injuries. Uh, I think it's only fair to say that for all the injury troubles that he's had over the past five years, that two of the past three years he's also played the full 16-game seasons for Houston. So 
that stuff might get a little overblown. But the fact of the matter is, is that he's a long way removed from DPOY days, from three-time DPOY days. He's still a very good player. He still commands your attention. He commands your respect. And sometimes that can be achieved when facing an opponent just through reputation. If you're an offensive coordinator and you're not aware of where J.J. Watt is on the football field, you're not doing your job. I don't care how old he is. So he could have an impact. He would be a nice piece to add in a vacuum. But all of this sappiness about how he'd come here and play for league vet minimum just to be with his brothers, are you buying that? Can you cite any, any example in professional sports where that's happened? Where a really prominent player, a first vote Hall of Famer, a guy who's going to have a statue someday in Houston, says, I'm sacrificing my entire pay, which is basically what you're doing by going with league vet minimum. I'm sacrificing uh, my representation to the NFL Players Association, which, by the way, would come down viciously on any player who did something like this. And I'm going to do all that just so I can spend a year or two playing football with my brothers on a team that, if we're being honest here, wouldn't be his best option if his primary goal is to win a Super Bowl championship finally. I'm sorry. I know that's not what anybody wants to hear, but, you know. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our new partners at Fubo TV. If you're paying around 200 bucks a month for cable, as most of us do, Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels with an emphasis on sports, and now including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, meaning you can watch all the Penguins games, all the Pirates games, and you've basically lost all your excuses to hang on to cable. For our listeners only, go to FuboTV.com DK to get 15% off your first month. One more time. FuboTV.com slash DK, 15% off your first month. Let's get practical about this, and let's stay practical about this, because if you want to accurately represent how the Steelers are thinking, you're always going to think practical first. Sure, they brought in Derek Watt. Sure, they overpaid Derek Watt. But at least they felt in Watt, rightly or not, at the time, meaning Derek Watt, that they had to get a special teams guy, and they did, and they felt that they had to get a fullback to replace Rosie Nix, and they did. Now, the fact that they never ended up using him is a separate discussion entirely. At least they got a player that they felt was going to help them in not one but two areas. As a result, they felt comfortable overpaying a little bit because it was like having two Roster spots taken by a single guy. Again, if you go back to the previous year when it was Rosie Nix and a special teams guy, this was just one person. So they overpaid a little bit and whatever else. This isn't that. 
you're going to pay a significant chunk of change for J.J. Watt. You're probably going to do it with some years attached, which means it's going to affect your cap. And then what are you going to do at the positions where you really need help? What are you going to do, just draft them all? That's not going to work. That's not going to work. You think the Steelers can just draft a center in a class that is not particularly strong at the position? And I'm being generous when I say that. It is not, not good. That you're going to be able to just draft a center and throw him out there and say, hey, by the way, protect Ben Roethlisberger through 16 games. Go ahead, kid. Go get him. Not going to happen. They have to get a free agent or they have to make a trade. But one way or another, it's going to be something that adds to the cap. Marquise's retirement provided a savings, but it was pretty much a known and expected savings on the Steelers' management end. You're going to have to add there. You're going to have to add a running back. Maybe it's through the draft, but I don't think so. The more clips I see of Najee Harris, the more I'm thinking he isn't going to be available to the Steelers. Somebody's going to pounce on that dude. So you're going to have to go get a running back. You're going to lose Juju Smith-Schuster through free agency, so you're going to need additional wide receiver depth. I'm actually okay with that one, but James Washington bumps up to number three in your pecking order. You're still going to need a four and maybe a five at that position. Veteran guys in all likelihood, guys who can also double up on special teams. There are needs, needs, not wants. J.J. Watt's not it. When we come back, just one question. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed for medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's Just One Question comes from Brian, who asks, Dan, what is the likelihood that Ben will sign for the near-veteran minimum next year, and is it the only way the Steelers can be truly competitive for a championship for the next several years? Brian, the likelihood is... Close to zero. I keep saying this, continuing from the first segment, but show me where this happens. 
show me where the player makes this level of sacrifice. We can cite Drew Brees. I've done that myself with the Saints. But Brees is in a different category because Brees is retiring. All Brees did by accepting veteran minimum for the final two years of his contract was to put New Orleans management in a situation where they benefit hugely from the cap standpoint over the next two years, and Brees still ends up getting all his money. And it's not like he's going to be sleeping under a bridge in the interim. But Brees won't be playing for vet minimum. It is grossly underestimated by the general sporting public the influence that any players union has over their players. They are constantly admonished about doing right by their brethren, uh, by those who come after them, about honoring those who came before them. And they don't like it when someone does something that sets a bad precedent. They'll come down not only on the player, but also on the agent, ensuring that it can't just be the player saying, well, you know what, it's my final year or two years. I really don't care what anybody thinks. They come down on the agent. Can they do anything about it? No, of course not. But they're not exactly going to be helping out that player and certainly not that player's agent in the future. And an agent who gets blacklisted by the union, even if it's behind the scenes or under the table, has a really rough time doing business. So don't use Breeze as the example here because he's leaving. He's done. Ben wouldn't be. For Ben to just come back and say, I'm playing for the same amount of money as the 54th or 55th man on the roster. That's not exactly how vet minimums work, but ride with it. Essentially, that would be the case. For him to do that, he would be upsetting a ton of people, not just at him, but also at Ryan Tolner, his agent. And Tolner knows that. And Tolner has other prominent clients. And Tolner doesn't need the headaches that come with that. And Tolner's going to be very influential when it comes to dealing with Ben. And he's going to talk him out of something like that. Even if Ben thought something like that, he won't allow Ben to actually say something like that in front of Art Rooney or Omar Khan. He just wouldn't. I do think you'll see something worked out potentially over the course of several years. Things can get deferred. Cap hits get deferred all the time. But you're not going to see a case where Ben would play at veteran minimum. And by the way, one other thing to throw in on this because it's important. Even if he does play for vet minimum, that doesn't mean the Steelers regain all of his cap hit. His cap hit is $41.25 million. That's obviously not going to fly. I mean, Rooney's actually said that publicly. But if he were to do this vet minimum thing here, you're still talking about knocking only about half or a little bit more than half of that figure off of the cap hit. 
So it's not like there's some big bonanza here. The Steelers already are counting on that money to be available. If it isn't, well, now, if Ben says, forget you, I'm just going to play at my contract, now we're talking a whole new level of drama, but I'm not expecting that either. Thanks so much uh, for the question, Brian. Thanks to everyone for listening, and and once again, thanks to everyone uh, for their kind wishes. I'll be back and do this tomorrow. Point Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.